0: Hi guys, and welcome to the NFL Central Podcast, where we delve into all things NFL from over here in Australia. Week 16 is in the books, and joining me is Gordon B. Gordo, how are you? Did you enjoy this week's action? Yeah, no, it was pretty good. Uh, being a Packers fan,
1: it was very great, I'll say, but yeah, no, it was a pretty good weekend, so yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah a lot to get into. Uh Went over four game, uh, four days uh, this week. This action began on well, it was Christmas afternoon over there in the US, in Boxing Day morning here in Australia. And it was the Vikings visiting the Saints with, well, the Saints a chance to clinch their fourth straight NFC South title. And the Vikings just looking to stay in the playoff race. And, well, it was the Alvin Kamara show. New Orleans, the fourth year back, rushed for 155 yards and six touchdowns in the Saints' 52-33 victory, equaling Ernie Nevers of the Chicago Cardinals in 1929 with the NFL record for rushing touchdowns. Uh, With the win, the Saints did indeed clinch their fourth straight NFC South title, while the Vikings were eliminated from playoff contention. Really, for the Saints, they began uh, on offense and they blitzed the uh, Vikings' defense. The first three drives were eight yards, seventy-five touchdown, 10 yards for 66 yards and touchdown and 10 plays for 84 yards and a field goal. They had over 200 yards of offense in the first quarter alone, and Vikings never really stood a chance the one weak point and maybe a point of concern for the Saints going forward into the playoffs was Drew Brees' play on return from injury second week through two picks and really didn't have a very good day. Gordo, do you think this could be a problem going forward for the Saints? And how much better does Drew Brees need to play if they're going to be a real chance at a Super Bowl this season?
1: I feel like... It's been a problem all year for them. They've managed to get through most of their games pretty well, even with Breeze going, What did he go? He, he can still throw for over 300 yards, but he threw the two picks. He's still an elite reader of a defense. He can still diagnose where to throw it. It's just his arm strength just isn't there anymore. So I think uh, their whole scheme is short throws. If they get Michael Thomas back for the playoffs and Elvin Kamara, they've got enough where he can just throw it underneath and just, rely on the run after catch to get himself yards i don't think it's that big of an issue but maybe when you come up against teams like the packers or the chiefs if they make it that far to the super bowl then it could become an issue when you've got to score a lot and quickly Uh he doesn't have that ability to go downfield but if they can control the game if their defense is good enough i think i don't think it's that it's going to be that big of an issue
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, if you look today, their drives, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, pick, touchdown, pick, touchdown, 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 kneel down. They had no problems. And it's worth mentioning the Vikings' defence hasn't been good this whole year. I mean, 582 yards and 52 points. That's the most since 1963 they've given up. And the Saints had eight yards per play. So, you know, a certain element of that is the Vikings' defence. I mean, on offence, Kirk Cousins had 291 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Cook had 73 yards and a touchdown the problem definitely isn't on offense for this team can you say Uh, I I had them as the I had them as the number two uh seed in the NFC coming into this year obviously I didn't have your pack as we'll get into that later um really the slow start cost them this year and uh, you know a wasted year I guess wouldn't you say yeah
1: I think it is they gave uh Mike Zimmer and Cousins and everyone the extensions before the year so you'd I think they go into the season thinking, yeah, we're going to win. We want, we need to win to justify these extensions. And what did they start? One and five, I think mm. it was. And they just looked awful. And
0: mm. I don't yeah, know was- what
1: changed, but they came to Lambo and beat the Packers by just running and running and running. They've sort of rebounded, but they've got themselves to a point where they're not bad enough for a top, a top pick, but they're not good enough to make the playoffs. So they're sort of in that purgatory where it's like, what do we do from here? Is mm. Mike Zimmer worth keeping long term? Is Cousins long term?
0: Yeah. Well, the
1: biggest issue is the offensive line. The defense is good. Uh, they'll get players back. Uh, Michael Pierce opted out with COVID and everything. Anthony barr being been hurt. And they got Ngogway
0: from the uh, Jaguars, and then he only lasted a sort of month there, and then he's off at the Ravens now. So it just just wasn't working for them. Yeah.
1: And they didn't have Daniel Hunter all year either, and he's mm. a top. Edge rusher. So I think their biggest issue is the offensive line, but they can't pay them because they've got Cousins'
0: contract. Well Cousins had a typical year. He started off Terry. Was, I he still think he's still second in the league for interceptions behind Carson Wentz. And then he just had the last two months or so he's been, you know, playing at a Pro Bowl level, but he just can't seem to get that consistency. He's a bit of a quarterback tease, really. But um
1: I'd argue he's if he has an elite offense around him, he can be really good. Oh yeah, but he can be. He, I could be he Bottom end of the top doesn't 10 quarterback. He He needs a good offense to be good.
0: He needs New Orleans's offense around him, like Bruce has got. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Pretty much. Anyway, well, that's it for the Vikings and the Saints. Yes, well, they're still battling for that number one overall seed. They need a bit of help with the um, – actually, no, sorry. They're eliminated now since the Packers won their game. So, yes, they'll be hosting a playoff game on wildcard weekend – you know, looking to go all the way. They've had some heartbreaking playoff losses in past years, but uh, for Saints fans, hopefully this is the year that they can go all the way. And Vikings we've Gone. There's no
1: Vikings here this year either.
0: Mm. Exactly. Two of the past three years, the Vikings have eliminated them in heartbreaking fashion. Um, the action moved on to uh, some Saturday afternoons. Triple header on Saturday afternoon on NFL Network. Um, early game... Not much to talk about here. Tampa Bay routed Detroit 47-7 to 7 to claim their first playoff berth since the 2007 season back when John Gruden was the head coach. They're 10-5 now. And Tom Brady, well, it was a vintage Tom Brady performance, 22-27 of 27 for 248 yards, four touchdowns, no picks in the first quarter alone. It was replaced by Blaine Gabbert, who went on to have a very nice afternoon himself. Blaine Gabbert went nine for 15, 143 yards and two touchdowns of his own. The thing is, for the Bucs, they've won three straight since their buy against teams with losing records. It was that month before the bye. They, were, they lost three or four all against teams with winning records. Essentially, the question is, is this some kind of a facade, you know, beating up on bad teams? Can they really contend, you know, have Brady and Arians found that chemistry together on offense in order for them to go all the way? What are you thinking?
1: I'd argue... They've got one good win for the whole year, and it was that game against Green Bay, what, week five or six, I think it was, where they just blitzed Rodgers, put up 38 points, held the Packers to 10. And since then, what have they done? They've barely beaten the Giants. They got destroyed by the Saints, beat the Panthers easily, lost to the Rams, lost to the Chiefs, barely beat the Vikings, barely beat the Falcons. So... I'd argue that Packers game was almost the peak of their season and since then it's sort of been disappointing, mm. but they're still winning.
0: If everything goes so, right, they can win the Super Bowl, but I just don't think, I don't trust, especially on offense, I don't just don't trust them to come out here and, and convert. I think it could be a frustrating end really for Tom Brady fans and, and Buck fans this season.
1: I think if Green Bay gets the number one seed, they're in trouble. I don't think Brady can go up to Lambeau in the cold and the mm-hmm. snow and win a game.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: don't think. Same with Drew Brees. I don't think they're physically able to do it.
0: What they do have on their side uh, in some way is that if they win uh, next week, they're at home to the Falcons. They'll be 11-5. and five. They'll have the number five seed. They'll be on the road, yes, but at the NFC East yeah. winning team, we, we still don't know. Probably you know, the best matchup you could look for in that wildcard round.
1: Although I'd argue they barely beat the Giants in Tampa. Uh, no, that was in New no, Orleans. Was they barely York. beat the Giants earlier this year. So
0: oh, I'm just saying I think that would be, I if oh, i Tampa, the that's matchup. the matchup I'm wanting. I don't want to go to New Orleans. You know, um, I don't want to go to Seattle. Certainly not. Um, and I don't want to go to Green Bay. Yeah. So that's you know the one thing they got in their side. But uh, you know, it was an impressive win. But when you look at the lines, Matthew Stafford was at. Early in the first yep. quarter, they didn't have half of their assistants, including um, their interim coach, Daryl Bevel Really, the season can't come quickly. The end, season's end can't come quickly enough for them. They're just ready to go. New regime. What do we do with Matthew Stafford? And really, as you're right, they've given up. Uh, they've got the Vikings. It's a meaningless game next week. So, yeah, disappointing season for Detroit. And it ends in, well, it's looked like it's ending in ugly fashion. Uh, off to the desert for the middle game. 49ers essentially they were looking to spoil Cardinals' uh, playoff hopes, and well they did it. They overcame Robbie Gold's kind of uncharacteristic kicking woes. He missed two field goals and an extra point. They got the upset win, twenty to twelve. They're six and nine. That's not the story. It's Arizona, their offense was asleep in this game, and they'll be ruining this opportunity because now their playoff hopes rest upon. Chicago losing and then winning. They need hope. They don't control their destiny now. They're 8-7. and seven. You know, what can you say? Just a really disappointing day uh, for the Cardinals, Gordo.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's sort of been the whole year. Like They've shown flashes. There's been some games where they've been so good. Uh, that Thursday night game against Seattle. I think that was in Arizona. That was the Sunday night one. Yeah. But they've shown... So much potential, but then there's also games like this where Kyler just, I don't know, he just sort of shuts down. What do you throw 31-50 to 247 in a pick. Like he, mm. I think he, they're still a year off really being competitive.
0: Reports are showing out he's- great
1: signs this year, but mm-hmm. I think him and Cliff Kingsbury need at least another year before they're fully on the same page.
0: Yeah, the reports are showing that uh, Kyler Murray has a lower leg injury, so you know he's more likely yeah. to play than Jared Goff. They've got the Rams next week and that will be a win and in situation so you know they may well end up making the playoffs but I don't I can't see them going far far at all. Uh, really yeah, uh,
1: so. Goff had surgery on his thumb or is about to have surgery on his he's thumb out. so he won't yeah. play.
0: Correct. So
1: mm. Arizona should be able to win that.
0: Yeah. As for the 49ers just one last point CJ Beathard, the third string, comes out and goes 13 for 22 for 182 yards and three touchdowns. No picks in a nice day. And Jeff Wilson, Jr., goes 22 carries for 183 yards. So there's a bright spot. And, of course, um, Robert Silas' defense had a great game, and I think it's pretty likely he won't be in San Francisco next year. He'll have a head coaching job. So, he's yeah, the defense is very good, and he deserves all the accommodations you can get. The night game. Dolphins travel to the Raiders. Now the Raiders are looking good. Six and three. They've fallen off a cliff. This was their last chance to get back in with uh, a chance. And they were looking good. Tua couldn't do anything with the offense. The Dolphins, they bring Fitzpatrick in for the last quarter. And... Possibly his finest moment, I think, as he leads them to a fourth quarter comeback victory. It was an exciting fourth quarter. Really, really lit this game alight. Uh, the Raiders, Aguilar and uh, Miles Gaskin, for the Dolphins, traded long touchdowns before the Raiders thought they'd won it. They played for a field goal to win the game within with less than a minute to go. Daniel Carson kicks it. Dolphins get the ball with 19 seconds left. And in really one of the plays of the year with a defender's glove draped on Fitzpatrick's face mark, launches a, a throw and he connects with the, really a wide open Mac Collins for a 34 yard um, pick up, they get the 15 yards and the penalty and Jason Sanders nails the 44 yard game winner, stunning fashion, the Dolphins are 10 and 5 they're in a win and in situation at Buffalo next week and really a, a frustrating season, you know finally they're eliminated from playoff contention, comes to an end for the Raiders Gordo
1: Yeah, I think the Raiders, they've had two years in a row that have been really similar. Mm-hmm. started off, I think, last year they were six and four. This year they were, what, six and three. Mm-hmm. And then they just fall down for whatever yeah. reason. I think the defense has a lot to do with it. Like, the offense is really good. That's the thing. They've got all the foundations there. It's just their defense is terrible. Mm-hmm. Even with firing Paul Gunther, nothing really changed. They just don't have the personnel there to win games at the moment.
0: Yeah, this offense, I mean, um, they get Nelson Aguilar over from the Eagles. He's a completely different player. Darren Wall is one of the best tight ends in the league. And the thing is, this year, they beat the Chiefs. They went into Arrowhead and and, and won that game. And it gave them such confidence. And you thought, they're going to be a real good team this year. Then they had the Chiefs in their own building. And that was a close game. And you thought, they're in for it. But without this win, that win over that miracle win over the Jets, uh, I think it was three weeks ago now, they'd be... Oh, and five over their past five games. It's a stunning turnaround. And you're right. The defense is is a, a large part of it. From a Miami perspective, the only question is, well, I don't think it's a question personally, this whole quarterback dilemma. I think you have to play Fitzpatrick if you want to win next week in Buffalo and you want to contend in the playoffs. I mean, Tua was, what was he? 17 of 22 for 94 yards across three Across three quarters, Fitz comes in 9 of 13, 182 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I don't think there's a question. I I reckon you'd agree with me there.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I think so. But I'm pretty sure Brian Flores has come out and said uh, two is starting. But yeah, I, he has some games where he looks really good. But I think in the bigger games that he's played, he's sort of, being more of a game manager, and he's sort of just like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to throw it short, we're going to take the checkdowns, and I don't think that's going to win them games in big scenarios. I don't, I think if they want to win a playoff game, they should start Fitz, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll happen.
0: I don't. I really don't see the issue. People are saying, oh, Tour will lose confidence. We've seen the dynamic between Fitz and Tour, both team men. They want the Dolphins to be doing it. It's pretty clear that next year Tour will be the starter. I really don't see the harm in Fitz fit starting and you know trying to get the best result for that team but you know that's a decision for the Dolphins and and certainly not for us so those were the Saturday games onto the Sunday slate quite a pack Sunday slate so we'll do our best to rattle through these games uh certainly the headliner in the early window was Indianapolis traveling to Pittsburgh Pittsburgh two game slide sorry three game slide now and Indianapolis looking to stay even with the Titans for that AFC South crown. And it looked like Pittsburgh were going to lose four in a row in the first half. Nothing had changed. Their offense couldn't do anything. The Colts were moving down the ball, ball down the field with relative ease And really Pittsburgh rallied in the second half to overcome the 21 point deficit and win 28, 24. So clinching the AFC North for the first time since 2017 for Mike Tomlin's team. And for Indianapolis, this could be a very painful loss because if all the 10 and five teams in the AFC win next week, even if Indianapolis win, they're going to miss out on the playoffs and they're playing a Jacksonville team. That's already clinched the number one overall pick. So they might have something to, to, you know, they've got nothing to tank for anymore. Uh, or you watched this game. What did you make of it?
1: I think, I mean, yeah, the first half, you already said it, was so similar to what happened against Cincinnati. They just, Ben and his receivers were not on the same page. The defense was struggling against Indy. And I don't know, something happened at halftime. Tom might have said something and they sort of just flipped. Mm. Indianapolis sort of just shut down on offense and Pittsburgh found that connection again. Um Roethlisberger had a, what was it, about a 40-yard was... pass to Deontay Johnson for a touchdown where mm. it was just perfect. Yeah. And he was on target. He could throw deep again. And
0: yeah, Big Ben had three scores all in the second half to go with his 342 yeah. passing yards. And Juju Smith-Schuster with nine catches for 96 in the score, slightly redeeming himself for his pre-game antics and previous weeks dancing on the opposition team's logos, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, they just found that connection in the passing game again. It, Yeah, it, it just looked like how they did at the start of the season. I don't know if something was said or if they realised something and fixed something up. But, yeah, Pittsburgh just looked better than what they have.
0: Correct. Right, yeah. And then in Indy, if they do go 11-5 and five and miss the playoffs, there will be questions about does Philip Rivers return. I personally liked his move to Indy. I'm an advocate for him coming back another year. I don't think there's a better option, certainly not Jacoby Brissett. But another kind of talking point it raises is this whole idea of 11 and five teams can't make the playoffs in one conference, yet you have, you know, a nine and seven teams going to make it as a wild card, not to mention the division winner in the East in the NFC, which will be what, six and ten, seven and nine. It does raise this debate with this whole system, but I don't think that's something that's going to change anytime soon, the rules surrounding that.
1: Yeah, they've already changed it this year. So there is that extra seed. So you've got seven now instead of six, and there's still going to be someone missing out. So
0: Exactly. Yeah. You presume that they would, that, that's the whole reason you think, well, surely an 11 and five can't, team can't miss out. I mean, maybe a 10 and six team, but, you know, that's the way it's going to happen with Jacksonville and, and the Jets, both, you know, one, two win teams. That's the way it's worked out. Anyway, so Pittsburgh have got Cleveland next week. That'll be interesting. They've got the division they can't win the top overall seed it'll it's between them and Buffalo for the two of the three seed but Cleveland have much more to play for which we'll get to a bit later so that'll be an interesting matchup next weekend uh we go to Kansas City where the Chiefs just clinched the number one seed and uh, home foot advantage throughout the AFC playoffs as they squeaked past Atlanta 17-14 at Arrowhead Stadium after uh, Falcons Pro Bowl kicker Young Koo's last second game tying field goal was pushed wide right, giving the Chiefs, yes, that number one uh, seed. Travis Kelsey, as always, was just on with seven catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. His stats are just amazing. He averages 94 receiving yards a game. He set the NFL record for tight end receiving yards in a season with a game to go. He's got 1,416. He's got his most franchise receptions in chief history with 105 and he has 11 touchdowns, which is a career high this year. The question is, does this show that Casey are vulnerable in any way, or is it a mere blip on the radar towards their repeating as Super Bowl champions quarter?
1: I'd argue their last few weeks haven't been that convincing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: they've, beating the Saints in a decent game. They needed to come back from, what, 10 down against the Dolphins to win. Mm -hmm. They only beat the Broncos by a touchdown, the Buccaneers by three. They haven't been as dominant as they were early on in the year. There's Mm -hmm. definitely areas where you can expose them. I think um, Patrick Mahomes might be the luckiest quarterback in the league as well. I think I saw somewhere he's had something like 16 dropped picks this year. Which is an NFL record by a long way. So they're just getting really lucky that these turnovers aren't counting. Like there was that one AJ Terrell could have had the game-winning pick, yeah. but he dropped it. Mm. They've definitely got weaknesses. The defense isn't as good as it was last year. There's definite problems there that I think teams can expose.
0: Yeah, I think there's this this Casey offense. To- you hear a lot of people talking about, oh, they've got all these weapons, but they just get a bit complacent at times. They, you know, they'll normally what they're relying on is a quarter or a half to save them against Miami is a great example. You know, they'll go they'll score three touchdowns in one quarter and be asleep for the rest of the game. Uh that didn't happen. They never got a little spurt in this game. Atlanta played well on defense, they were disciplined, they they couldn't move the ball. Well, neither team could really move the ball, but in the end, you know, it's a win. Um, goes down as a win, and they look forward to a week off and then yeah, hosting one, possibly two games in the AFC playoffs uh, in their bid for a repeat. On we go. The Browns travelled to the Meadowlands for their second straight game. It was against the Jets, looking to secure the franchise's first playoff berth since 2007. And really, they blew it. I don't think there's any other way I can say it. They went down 23-16. Of course, they were missing a lot of their receivers due to COVID protocols. But Baker Mayfield had a bad game, and the Jets, you know, they were the Jets when they want to be losing games. They're finally winning games. They got a, a two and thirteen on the year now. Adam Gase will have his job for another week. Reports were that if they didn't win that game, he'd be fired. One week with one week to go on the year, and yeah, for the Browns, it comes down to them uh, winning, as I mentioned earlier, at home against Pittsburgh in order to get back into the playoffs. Any thoughts on this one, Gorda?
1: I've got a couple. Um, First of all, Sam Darnold, even though he's been winning the last couple of weeks, is not the answer in New York. They still need a quarterback for next year. I've been seeing things and people saying, oh, no, Darnold should get another chance. He's looked better the last couple of games. He hasn't. He threw 175 yards at 50% against the defense, missing its linebackers with a terrible secondary, and he still didn't look convincing. So there's no way he's future there. And then Cleveland, I don't know what happened on offense. If you're missing all of your wide receivers, why is Baker Mayfield throwing the ball 53 times? Yeah, spot on. Well, I get that the Jets sort of shut down the running game, but why is he throwing it 53 times with no receivers? That's just a weird decision for me.
0: Kevin's defense, he, I think has got a lot to answer for for that. I mean, he'd been great in his first year as coach. I I've got him down as my coach of the year, but it's amazing how quickly it can turn. They were, what, 10 and 4? Yeah. Uh, t- and they could miss the playoffs. It's it's I suppose it's the Browns. You know, what can we expect? Yeah. Anyway, on we move to the Bears, Chicago, another team who they really looked lost. They were, what, five and seven, and now they've won three straight. They went down to Jacksonville, and, and it wasn't close. 41 to 17. Chicago, they're now just a week 17 win over the visiting Packers, away from making the playoff second time in the three years that Matt Nagy's been there. Mitch Trubisky, similar point about a quarterback. I mean, he was all right. He had two touchdowns and a pick. The question is, is he coming back next year? And I think... If, if he beats the Packers, who have still got something to play for with this number one overall seed, takes him to the playoffs. I don't think there's another option. I think he will be returning. Um, and then for the Jags, well, they clinched the number one overall seed. That's what they were going for. The Jets, you know, did their work for them, one, two in a row. And obviously there'll be a new regime in Jacksonville, but they'll have that first overall pick and, and likely Trevor Lawrence in the, in the draft. What do you make of this result?
1: Yeah, um, on the Jags, they're probably the most attractive position for a potential head coach. You'll have Trevor Lawrence and you've got another first-round pick from Los Angeles from the Jalen Ramsey trade. They've got Lawrence plus another first coming in. I think they'll be set up well for the future, provided that they don't screw up this draft and free agency. They've got good pieces on offense. James Robinson, even though he didn't play on Sunday, is really good. There's an undrafted back, DJ Chark, is a great receiver. Mm. They definitely got pieces there to be good, as long as they hit on the draft properly.
0: Well, of course, Chicago. Don't. Sorry, on.
1: Chicago is questionable. I feel like they're way too streaky to be able to do anything. Like they started the year what five and one, lost mm. six in a row, and now have won three in a row. So I don't know how to judge them. They've played. Some, some of the worst defences in the league over the last they couple Houston, of weeks. Houston, didn't well. they, yeah. Houston, I think Detroit, Minnesota, and then Jacksonville. So I don't know how much you can make of these wins where they've put up 30 points.
0: Mm.
1: Trubisky, I don't know whether he's worth bringing back for another year or not.
0: Well, Nick Foles won't be back. So if he's back, he might be as a backup if they sign someone in free agency. But I think he'll definitely be there. But that's just yeah,
1: my opinion. Yeah, I would give him more than a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. I think if they're going to do it, it'll be a one- or a two-year deal, similar to what Teddy Bridgewater got from Carolina, something like that maybe, mm-hmm. with an out after one year if he does play terribly. Yeah, I, I think, think that's the best way to go.
0: I think for the Bears, if they do lose against Packers, eight and eight, miss the playoffs, perhaps Nagy doesn't get fired, but some assistants get fired. I just think they bought in Bill Lazor, offensive coordinator, uh, they brought in John De Filippo as the quarterback's coach and Nick Foles, of course, and it, it really just hasn't worked for them. And this defence, it isn't as good as it was two years ago, but it's still pretty good under Chuck Villano. I, I just think, yeah, they're a middle-of-the-road team who uh, really, maybe Ryan Pace is the answer at GM. They get rid of him. They haven't drafted well recently. It's a, it's a, a team going nowhere, in my opinion. As for the Jags, Urban Meyer, former um, two-time uh, national championship winner as a college coach has been rumored to take that job. If I'm a Jags fan, I'm very happy about that news. All those rumors, I should say uh, On to a few more quick games, the Ravens, they made quick work of the giants in Baltimore. They improved to 10 and five, and they only need a win next week in Cincinnati to clinch a third straight playoff appearance. Meanwhile, the Giants somehow still remain alive in the NFC each race at 5-10. and 10. They just need a win at home to Dallas and a Washington loss in Philadelphia in the season's final game, securing them, the division crown, the worst ever team to win a division. It'll be shocking, but I think the story of this was more about the Giants being bad than the Ravens being good, Gordo.
1: Yeah. I feel like the Giants' defence is definitely there. That is a good defensive unit. It's just that their offense is... Horrid. Yeah, I think that's the best word to say it. Like, they're not, like, the Jaguars level of bad. Mm. But they're terrible.
0: Yeah, I can't Um, see them beating Dallas next week. I can't
1: see. No, I don't think they will. I think Mm. Dallas... Dallas' last few weeks have actually been pretty good. The defense, I think, Mm. leads the league in turnovers over the last Mm. three weeks. They're improving. Mm. I don't think New York will beat them.
0: No, I don't It'll think be like that. Dallas
1: and Washington for the division.
0: Correct. Uh, just some quick other games. No playoff implications. The Bengals down the Texans in Houston in what was quite an entertaining matchup. I caught a bit of it down in Texas. 37 to 31. High scoring affair down there. Most One of the most interesting points about this game in the post-match, JJ Watt was asked about how his team will bounce back, how they can bounce back uh at home to tennessee in the last week and there's a great soundbite he gave a really good answer about kind of the science and psychology of losing and how you bounce back and motivation i encourage anyone to go and watch that uh presume you've watched it caught it yeah yeah no i
1: thought that was really interesting it sounded like a guy that he wants his team to be successful but he just doesn't think they will be
0: almost Mm and realising the importance of what professional sportsmen are about and what they get paid for and all the people who are relying on their results. But I won't spoil too much more of it. In the late window, the first game, the Chargers avoided another fourth-quarter choke job and held on 19-16 to home against, uh, at home against Denver. Again, no playoff implications there. They have won three in a row, but, for oh, God's sake, I, I don't think it's enough to keep Anthony Lynn's job, and I, I, I really hope that... Uh, They see the light and and get someone who's going to have more more success with a true talent at quarterback, which is Justin Herbert.
1: The worry there, though, is that they're playing the Chiefs next week and there's a high chance that they sit half of their Mm -hmm. team because they've got the one seed locked up and they usually do that. They'll rest a ton of starters. And I feel like if the Chargers somehow win that, the front office might look at it and say, oh, Anthony Lynn's won his last four games. We need to keep this going. We can see a path for the future and they keep him. But oh, I don't want that to happen.
0: Yeah, that would be a real Chargers kind of move. On the other side, in Denver, reports are out that Vic Vanjo will be staying for a third year, despite two years missing the playoffs. Another kind of middle-of-the-road team. They just uh, haven't really had an answer at quarterback. And I personally don't think Drew Locke is the answer. Um He's a defensive guy, Vic Fangio. He's very respected, and they like him as a leader, apparently. So it'll be interesting to see if they perhaps pursue a free agent quarterback or like draft someone. If they, uh, John Elway hasn't had much luck during his time there drafting quarterbacks, aside from uh, signing Peyton Manning in that free agency contract. So it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, going forward in the offseason.
1: Yeah, I really want to see them try and trade for Matt Stafford. I don't know if it would happen, but I think he'd be suited. To that offense.
0: And that and defense is good as well if you bring back yeah. Von Miller.
1: Bradley Chubb's been really good this year. Justin Simmons is great. Alexander Johnson's really good at middle linebacker. I think if you were to get someone like Matthew Stafford into that team, I think that would be a playoff team.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And the other three games in the late window. Starting in the nation's capital, Washington, where Carolina ruined the party for their former head coach, Ron Rivera, defeating the football team 20-13, to meaning that they will need to win on the road in Philadelphia next week if they're going to lock up the division and a home playoff game. I mean, first of all, who would have thought that Washington would have been competing for a playoff spot in the last game of the year? I mean, they were... Horrid last uh, last year, but I think it's a testament to the job that Ron Rivera, defensive coordinator Jack Del um, and Alex Smith at quarterback have done with this team. It's it's an outstanding job. But I will say, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, if they're going to have any chance of beating Philadelphia, they need Alex Smith at quarterback. Dwayne Hask- oh, Haskins yes, was putrid. They they um, he was benched in the second half, and he's been released um, today on well, Monday. In- Monday, US time, Tuesday, Australian time. He's been released and good riddance, really. Breaking COVID protocol and he, he's had some shockers this year. So they need Alex Smith back if they go and have a chance at winning. But yeah. from my perspective, I'd love to see them and go to the playoffs <laughs> above Dallas list.
1: I think they've got the best chance to win a playoff game out of that division. That, oh, that
0: defence is very good, is yeah.
1: amazing. Like they kept them in that game. I think Chase Young had what was a forced fumble, and he uh, hit Bridgewater on that throw that got picked off as well. Mm -hmm. So that defensive front almost deserves to go to the playoffs at this point.
0: Yeah, but if Taylor
1: Heineke is starting, they're in trouble against Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, Jack Del Rio's done a really good job with that defense. I I don't think he'll be going back for a head coaching, you know, going for interviews this quickly. But an outstanding job with you know what were they three and thirteen last year. They've only improved by three or four wins, but might be enough to make the playoffs. Uh, up in the Pacific Northwest, Seattle clinched their first NFC West title since 2016 with a 20-9 to nine win over the Los Angeles Rams. Gordo, I didn't watch this. You did. What happened?
1: It's sort of been similar to how the rest of Seattle's last month has gone. They have become a good defensive team again. I don't know what's happened. It seems to have been ever since they picked up Carlos Dunlap, they've changed. Um, Yeah, this defense is good again. They kept the Rams to nine points. I don't know how much of that is on Jared Goff being terrible and how much of it's actually on Seattle's defense. But, yeah, they sort of flipped from what they were earlier in the season. Early on in the year, it was high scoring. They couldn't stop anyone on defense. And now... The offense is struggling and the defense is keeping in games.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Jamal Adams' trade is very interesting. At the moment, it looks like a win for the Seahawks. We'll see how those draft picks turn out in New York. But he's another one who's certainly changed their their defense. And they're a team who I think can go far in the NFC playoffs. I can see them – well, there's a rematch from last year's playoffs where they went to Lambeau in the divisional round and lost in a tight one too – uh, Matt Lafleur, Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers. I can see that happening in the championship game this year, and I think that would be an entertaining matchup. Uh, chance for the Seahawks to go back to their first Super Bowl since uh, infamous Super Bowl Forty Nine.
1: Yeah, I, I think Seattle is probably the second best team in the NFC. I think the Packers are on top. New Orleans. I don't trust Drew Brees in the playoffs, as we've seen the last few years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He sort of crumbles in playoff games. That entire team does. I think Seattle is probably the best shot at beating Green Bay as well because they're better in the cold weather. They'll be better outdoors. If it is at Lambeau, Mm -hmm. I think they've got the best shot.
0: Yeah, they've got the 49ers next week. I believe that match is in, well, in Arizona where the 49ers are playing now. But if they win, they will be that two seed. uh, Well, they could be the one seed. But if they are the two seed, they'll get two home playoff games. And that does lead up to... What I would predict would be that NFC Championship match with, in uh, Green Bay with Seattle travelling over there for that matchup. Uh, the final game in the late window was in Arlington. It was the Cowboys. Another win, the Eagles and Cowboys. The loser was eliminated from the playoffs. Philadelphia came out firing up 14-3 with a vintage Deshaun Jackson. Long touchdown pass. With the catch from Jalen Hurts, uh, he broke the NFL record for touchdown passes over 60 yards. Touchdown receptions, I should say. Sorry, over 60 yards with his 25th. But from there, it all was all downhill for Philadelphia. There was, turnoffs, there was turnoffs. There were turnovers. And they're now eliminated from the playoffs. And the only thing they've got left is uh, they could play spoiler to Washington next week on Sunday Night Football. For the Cowboys, their, their offense... I mean, I always said Andy Dalton was a good quarterback and he was vintage, 22 for 30, 377 yards, three scores. Ezekiel Elliott, I don't know what he's been doing the past couple of months, but he returned to form, 105 yards and Michael Gallup caught six balls, 121 yards and, and two scores in the win. Um, Cowboys, remarkably still alive. Who would have thought a quarter?
1: Yeah, it, it seems like this game changed when Fletcher Cox went out with his injury. I think before that it was something like fourteen to three. Philadelphia was up, and after that, Dallas went what um, thirty-four to three. Yeah. After Cox went out injured, so I think that was the real turning point. Having him go out opens up the middle of the defense. You can run, you can pass, but he's have lost their best pass rusher. Yeah, it just felt like Dallas. This was sort of what we expected from them this year: this high-scoring, high-yardage offense with Elliott and Cooper and Gallup and Lamb all just going off.
0: Yeah. The defence, I mean, it's not great, but it's better. If they're – might be a bit far-fetched, but if their offence players like that and their defence can be somewhat decent, so I can see them hanging with Tampa Bay, you know, for, for if they end up playing them in the playoffs for a period. But, um, yeah, it's – it was, it was an interesting game. You're exactly right. Fletcher Cock, what, sixth straight Pro, pro Bowl he got elected to this year? He's their best player. I would argue he yep. could be their best player on offense or defense um, at Philadelphia. Um, yeah, costly. As for Doug Peterson, as reports out, he's expecting to be the head coach. I, I Philadelphia doesn't like losing, but I don't think they're that extreme to get rid of, to get rid of Doug Peterson. He did get them their first Super Bowl championship a few years ago, three straight playoff appearances prior to this year. I, I think he'll be back. And, well, the Wentz saga. I'd be surprised if I don't end up trading him uh, trading him in the off season.
1: The only worry with Wentz is just the size of that contract and the fact that it's going to be mm. really difficult to trade.
0: They don't have much that's cap space either, yeah. Anyway, not so- mm.
1: Hurts has been really good, but I don't know whether that's just because teams don't have film on him or whether that's because he is actually really good.
0: Well, I think we'll find out over the over the off season he's got to get better. And, you know, because teams will have a chance, defences will have a chance to look at uh, the tape on him. Um, But he's got a chance for that kind of Kyler Murray kind of second year leap and to become a, you know, a pro Bowl quarterback. And, you know, we'll find out. On to Sunday Night Football. Titans at the Packers. Gordo, your team playing, of course. I was at the cricket. I didn't catch any of this game. But 40-14 to the final score. And what did you take out of it?
1: This was not what I was expecting at all. I thought it would be high scoring on both ends because Tennessee's defense is awful and they're even worse than what I thought they were, like watching them firsthand. it's They can't generate pass rush. They can't cover. They can't stop the run. There's pretty much nothing this team does well defensively and I don't think that'll hold up in playoffs at all. Mm. And I don't know what happened to them offensively. The Packers all year have been terrible against the run. Mm. but somehow they shut down Derrick Henry. They, I think, were the first team in nine road games to keep him under 100 yards. What did and, he end up with, do you know? Uh, 98. 98. Right. At 4.3 per carry, but that's good considering what he's been doing.
0: Mm, yeah, uh, totally. You might be cheering for Mike Pettin for once.
1: it I think what the Packers did all year, they've been playing nickel and dime defences. I think they have the highest percentage in the league of uh, six DBs on the field at once.
0: And they came out
1: Sunday night and ran five D linemen the whole time and shut down Derek Henry completely.
0: Daring tanning all the the throws.
1: Yeah, and with Jair Alexander not giving Corey Davis a single catch, they've got AJ Brown and that's it on offence either. So... If you can take out the receivers and Henry, Tannehill's in trouble.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I actually think Indianapolis are a more all-around team than, than Tennessee. But thanks to the tiebreaker, you could see you know Tennessee hosting a playoff game and Indianapolis uh, missing out. A couple of things to note in this game. The Aaron Rodgers-Devontae Adams connection is just off the charts. I'm sure you would know a lot about this being a Packers fan's Adams now has, what, 16 touchdowns and over 100 catches uh, this season. 17 touchdowns. He's the third person to do that after Chris Carter and Randy Moss. As for Aaron Rodgers, I don't think there's any doubt about his MVP uh, candidacy now. Well, unless he completely capitulates next week, he's got over 4,000 yards. He's got 44 touchdowns, five picks, and that's a QB rating of 119.4. And the competitor, Mahomes, is... More yards, but he's got more picks, less touchdowns, and a worse rating. I I really think it's Rodgers to lose with with just one week to go.
1: Yeah, it seems like... I think this weekend finalised that. Mahomes wasn't great against Atlanta, and Rodgers just went off against the Titans. So mm. the only real argument for Mahomes is record. But if both teams end up with the one seed, I don't think there's really a comparison.
0: I think we could see, really, I think we could see both teams... In the Super Bowl, it would be the State Farm Super Bowl. So NFL Honours, of course, happens the week before the Super Bowl. So it would be interesting. The two, P, the two um, quarterbacks in the Super Bowl would be vying for that uh, NFL M- MVP spot. Um, anything else to take out of this? I was played in the snow, which is always good to see. We like to see a football game in the snow, actually. If there are, there will be playoff games up in Lambeau uh, this January. I'm, also, I'm hoping to see it played in the elements. I think it make, makes for better football. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he seems to thrive in it. It doesn't seem to bother him, does it?
1: No. I think the final takeaway from this game is the Packers aren't paying Aaron Jones for next year. AJ Dillon just went nuts. Uh, 21 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns. He he did to the Titans what everyone was expecting Derek Henry to do to the Packers. Mm. He had to be tackled. He dragged people forward. It was it was crazy watching it, just watching and constantly get the ball, get four yards, even with five defenders hanging off him.
0: Yeah, and you've got Jamal Williams. So, so is he out of contract this year? Is he next year? Is he Jones? Jamal Williams
1: and Aaron Jones? both are out of contract,
0: both of them. I see. So, well, yeah, yeah. Tra- trade by, I guess. Um, anyway, so 12 and three that is for the Packers, a chance to go to Chicago next week, eliminate the old rival from the playoffs, get their second straight 13 and three year, and clinch that number one overall seed. And the crucial buy. On we got a Monday night. Wasn't much of a game. Buffalo Bills, they traveled to New England and really exacted revenge for years of torment at the hands of the Patriots. 38-9 in the end. Josh Allen, he played the first three quarters. He was 27 for 36, 320 yards, four touchdowns and zero picks. He's got the Bills franchise record for touchdown passes with 34 for the year. Uh and really, all credit to Sean McDermott, I think, for what he's done with this team over the, the four years since he's been there. And I'm, I'm sure you'd agree. Stefan Diggs, what an acquisition. Uh, he had another great night. Nine catches, 145 yards, and three touchdowns. You know, the defense is good, obviously, not going against the best offense. But I think they're primed for a run in the AFC playoffs, and I can certainly see them being the second team in the AFC Championship against the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I think they're definitely the biggest threat to the Chiefs as well. Mm-hmm. I think the offence is good enough to keep up with Mahomes. You've got Ellen, you've got Diggs, Cole Beasley's been really good this year. Devin Singletary's a good back. I think they're the second best team behind the Chiefs in the ASC right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, from a New England perspective, yeah, look, there's not much. Cam Newton, five for 10, 34 yards, replaced by Stidham, four for 11, 44 yards. Not much in the running game. <sighs> oh. I mean, poor old Josh McDaniels. He's got not much to work with, and he hasn't been out. hasn't been able to, um, you know, find very much. Total yards, two hundred. They had tonight. They're six and nine. I don't know. I think it could be the end of Bill Belichick. Do you? Perhaps a bit of an extreme reaction, but I can certainly see a resignation coming after this year and handing over to perhaps a Josh McDaniels because I, I, there's nothing going forward for this team. They've got cap space but they're drafting and the situation at quarterback it's and with you know Miami and Buffalo in the division it could be a, you know a long couple of years or even decade for for Patriots fans
1: yeah it feels like they've hit a wall at the end of their brain and that's just mm-hmm. it for them i think the defense is alright but it's not mm-hmm. what it was the offense is obviously terrible they can't throw the ball at all they just hmm. have nothing that, I mean, name their best young player and you can't yeah, really think of one. Exactly. They don't have that next generation of talent coming through. Their best players are all over 25 or 26. It's, it's a worry for them.
0: Yeah. JC I Jackson, I guess, had a good year. But apart from that, you're right. It's the, They're all old, really, aren't
1: they? Devin McCordy's over 30. Um, yeah. James White would be close to 30. Jason McCordy's over 30.
0: Slayed yeah. mm.
1: and I mean, that's what comes of winning that many titles mm. and being that good for that long. But yeah, they need to start again,
0: I think. A complete rebuild. And I, I if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm certainly not enough, not sticking around for that. But, um, you know, all in due time, we'll see. So that's all the week 16 games. Week 17 is next week, we'll be back to wrap all that up. Take a quick look now just at some of these games coming up. The Dolphins at the Bills should be a good one. Ravens, they win, they clinch. They're at Cincinnati. Steelers at Browns. Of course, the Browns need to win that one. Dallas, New York is is a very good game. The winner, well, the the winner could end up winning the division. Um, You've got the Packers at the Bears. I'm sure you'll want to see the Packers win that one and go 13-3 if the Bears can win there in the playoffs. The Colts, they just need a a win and get a bit of help. The Chiefs will probably rest starters. Cardinals-Rams should be the most exciting game. You've got win and in situation. But as you said, Goff's having surgery. He won't be playing, and it's possible that Kyler Murray also won't be playing. Uh, And then you've got Tennessee need to win. And then the last game, of course, Sunday Night Football, Washington travel to Philadelphia um, with the NFC East on the line for them. Any game in particular you're looking forward to watching?
1: I'm actually really interested in Tennessee and Houston. When they played earlier this year, they went to overtime, and that ended up something like 42 to 36. I don't think Tennessee has the defense to be able to stop Deshaun Watson. I am not convinced that they'll win that game, even with Houston being as bad as they have been this year. They don't have to worry about draft position because Miami's got their first two picks, so that's not relevant. Yeah. So I think they could treat this as their sort of Super Bowl for the year. Let's get a chance to knock Tennessee out of the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if
0: Houston won this. Yeah, and they could be out of the playoffs um, if they if they lose, and that would give the the, the division to the Colts. Uh, I can yeah, I completely agree with Houston. I mean, under Cornell, Romeo Crinell, they're four and seven now. Now, the guess I'd say six, five or six of those losses have been one score. They've they've been you know really quite apart from that. Terrible game they had up in Chicago a few weeks ago. They've been competitive. You know, um, Sean Watson's had a great year. The defense isn't very good, but I can totally see them pushing them. As you said, the last game against the Titans was competitive in Nashville. That went to overtime, and, and they really had a chance to win that game. And after JJ Watt's comments, you know, that's going to be that's going to be a great game.
1: Yeah. I think they want to win the season well against a big rival. I yeah. don't think it's a lock in for the Titans at all.
0: Oh, exactly. Spot on. And I want to see, I want to see Miami at Buffalo. I think if they do play Fitz, that's going to be an entertaining game. I think don't see Sean McDermott. I don't see him resting starters. I think he wants to win and have that two seed above, above Pittsburgh. They're an exciting offense, Buffalo. I don't think you can deny that. And with Fitzpatrick, Miami are also an exciting, exciting offense. I think that should be a great game. We'll probably see Jim Nance and Tony Romo with a call for CBS up there. That's always entertaining. And, yeah, I'll be looking forward to that one. Bright and early on Monday morning. Oh well. Any last thoughts, Scotty, on week sixteen or week seventeen or anything to come, or you're just impressed with the good weeks weekends football?
1: I think the biggest story out of this weekend's Dwayne Haskins release. Mm. I mean, that's. I don't know whether you'd be surprised or not by that. He he struggled for a while. I think. Um, I remember last. I saw something earlier today. I remember um, his first win. Last year, his starter was against the Lions and on the last play of the game when they were meant to be kneeling down, the coaches were looking around and couldn't find him because he was taking Ah, selfies with fans instead of being there. I think that's shown from the start that he has issues Mm
0: -hmm. with
1: maturity and I don't know whether it's that he's just not interested in playing football that seriously or something else, but he needs to sort some things out.
0: Yeah, I think he's one of the kind of remnants um, from the regime prior to when Rivera came on, that Bruce Allen kind of regime. and I I really don't think Rivera uh, rated him at all from the start and he's glad to be rid of him. They've started a good culture. I mean, some of the draft picks issue, you mentioned uh, Chase Young being very good. You know, say so they're instilling a new culture. They could be winning and going to the playoffs. He's not part of that. He wasn't helping them get to the playoffs. Probably a distraction, I would think, with his, his COVID breach, as we saw the other week. Um, so you're right. Big story. And it'll be interesting to see where he does go as a backup. I'm sure there'll be room for him somewhere as a backup. But we'll see if those problems do follow him or he can become a reformed character. And that's it for today's program. Thanks so much for Gordo for being with me. You can find links to both of our blogs in the description. Thanks to Kevin MacLeod for the music. The song's called Funkarama. You can find the link to that in our description. And thanks so much to you for listening. We'll be back again next week. See you then.